What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and all the places you need your music to be. They offer unlimited uploads, and artists keep 100% of their earnings in-store 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor fastest payouts they help out with automatic splits cover song clearance and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases i dig this company and really appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians bands studio artists DJs, and any other creators that are producing music in their home, and they also offer label services as well. They've got three different tiers to offer creators that start as low as $22.99 a year. That's just $1.92 per month, and even their top tier breaks down to only $7.50 per month. And the best part about DistroKid sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable services even cheaper for you. Check out the link in the episode notes. I also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. Click that link and it'll give you 30% off your first year of service. Super stoked to have DistroKids sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their longtime support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Drops. Drops are an organ-based edible company and one of my go-tos when I'm heading into the dispensary. Their consistency and price point keeps them in my regular rotation of gummies. I love their 100 milligram canisters that have the little 5 milligram bites in there. They make it easy to monitor dosage and not get unexpectedly blasted. The chill ones are my favorite. They're this banging watermelon flavor and one thing that I love about these edibles is that they taste great. Sometimes you get some edibles that pack a punch but taste horrible and drops I have to be careful with because they taste so good that I just want to eat them like a bag of Sour Patch Kids. With drops you can choose your edibles based on how you want to feel. That's possible because drops are made with live rosin, a solventless full spectrum cannabis concentrate. As a full spectrum concentrate, rosin contains the full array of psychoactive compounds in cannabis which work together to give each strain its unique effect. All of their cannabis is flash frozen and processed into that live rosin. The flash freezing prevents plant material from decomposing and preserves terpenes that evaporate during the traditional drying and curing processes. They come in 10 different flavors and strains to choose from, including several CBD variations. You can find drops at your favorite local organ dispensary. Just tap into the link in the episode notes to find a supplier in your area. Big thanks to Drops for their support. Let's start the episode. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Tuesday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so, and that will help propel this thing 
into the tops of those iTunes charts, giving it more visibility on the national and international levels, helping strangers find the podcast and just a great way to contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing. Appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. If you're not listening on Apple, just hit like, follow, subscribe wherever you are listening from. Tell a friend about the podcast. Check out the monthly playlist that I've been dropping every first of the month. Those are available on Spotify and Apple, pretty spread out genre-wise. Links for those are in the episode notes. Hope everybody is doing well out there. Stoked to get into this one this week on the podcast. We've got longtime Portland homie. Jed Overly, who fronts a new punk band in town called Combo Move. So rad to get to catch up with Jed on the mics. I met Jed in the early days of doing the podcast about seven years ago. At that time, Jed was playing music in a band called Astrotan, and I saw that band quite a few times when it was in existence. And then Jed and his Astrotan bandmate Sam started a group called Maine that was around for a bit, and Jed played drums in that. But this is the first project that Jed has fronted since I've known him, and I was just really blown away with the energy in this combo move project. It struck me in a way that got me so hyped, and I grew up going to a lot of punk shows, whether it was grimy street punk or more polished pop punk, and I feel like this music just really speaks to a wide range of punk subgenres and sits somewhere in the middle of all that, so... I was super pumped when Jed sent me this record and instantly told him that we had to do a podcast and talk about this music and get to dive into his music background on an individual basis a bit. Jed is someone I see all the time around Portland when I go out to see shows. He's been a constant in this scene since I started doing the podcast, so I always love running into him, but it was nice to intentionally meet up to chat about music and catch up with one another the new debut self-titled combo move ep is now available wherever you stream music if you like punk music i highly suggest checking this thing out obviously if you dig the music that you hear within the conversation give the band a follow on their socials and wherever you're listening to music it's free to do so and super helpful to the visibility of the band and uh i think there's currently And seems like there will forever always be a lot of shit in this world to be upset about. And this music resonates heavy with me as far as what it stands for. So big thanks to Jed and shout out to Jed's combo move writing partner, Colin, who did a lot of great work on this music with Jed and really helped shape these songs and all the links will be in the episode notes. And if you're in the Portland area, you can catch combo move at turn, turn, turn. This Thursday, July 27th, that's where I plan to be that night. Thanks again to Jed for hanging out. This was a really fun episode to record. We also talk a bit towards the end of the conversation about Literal Gold, which is a Portland, Oregon-based record label that Jed is the label manager for. And that's all my ramblings. Hope to run into some of you at Pickathon this this next weekend, August 3rd through the 6th. I'm going to be out there interviewing a bunch of rad artists very pumped for that and uh we are going to get in to episode 370 of the podcast jed overly from combo move on the show and we're going to kick off the episode with the track that introduced me to this combo move band it's called wake up let's do the damn thing
a shooting star to recall your biggest wishes. But we cannot have it all. No, that's all with this is. I'm taking the keys. The jigs up. Let's fuck it, dude. <laughs> uh, pretty pumped to, to talk with you today. I was uh, I went back and I I had to check in on the date that we did the Astro Tan podcast. Yeah, it was almost seven years ago. What? Yeah. No way, dude. That's so long ago. Episode thirty six. Holy shit! And what are you up to now? 368 oh my god <laughs> nice pretty wild okay yeah nicely done thank you i appreciate it i mean nicely done to you i think <laughs> i think honestly like one of the exciting things about doing the podcast for as long as i've been doing it is to like run into the people such as yourself that are still like making music and active in the scene in some way is like very much fuel for the fire. You know? Yeah. Nice. So, and you've probably seen a lot of like long tales of people like, you know, like starts out this way and then you kind of yeah. see the whole journey a little bit. So many like different iterations and like for, I don't know, for someone like yourself, I've, I've seen, you know, you play in like multiple bands over those seven years and, uh, pretty pretty excited about this combo move music that you're uh that you're making right now man like awesome. I, I remember when you sent it to me that day like must have been a couple months ago mm -hmm. now when you sent me the record and i listened to it like front to back and then had to listen immediately listen to it again yes. it's just like this this music is very much uh 
it aligns with me like and it aligns with like the little punk rock kid yeah in me, you know like all this music that i grew up listening to that is uh in that like pop punk skate punk era of things and i don't know that was like such a early part of uh my music discovery and shit that like i listened to regularly and Same, i think dude. i i think i told you that day i was like dude this is my f- I, I, like i like the music that you have been a part of in the past but this is my my favorite project Maybe. that you've been a part of jed awesome and it's so fucking cool to like see you fronting this project and hearing your your voice all over it i was just i don't know i was just very stoked about it dude awesome that means that's awesome and i i think i feel the same way about it like like that was the music that like very influential era like that's kind of when that was my on-ramp to what we do now you know like into getting into music like somewhat permanently yeah (laughs) and uh and it's just cool to have made something that was kind of like a nod to that you know yeah absolutely what do you feel like brought you back to those roots and and kind of like sparked the idea for combo move and laying down some of these tracks yeah i mean like the last project just kind of fizzled out like just stopped just ended and uh we're talking main yeah yeah and i was just kind of like well i want to I got to do something else. And, you know, I was kind of tired. I played guitar for, I played guitar for years and I was just tired of like kind of being someone else's in their band. And I feel like, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I know, I know music. I know songs. I know what songs sound like. Uh, And, and so when I was like, what am I going to make? It was just like, what, what do I know anything about? You know, like, what am I good at? Yeah. <laughs> and it was just, like, sloppy, fast music. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so kind of ran with that, you know? Yeah. So, throughout, you know, these past 10 years or so, were you always listening to stuff that had a punk rock edge to it still, or, like, some of that spirit, or, or did you kind of, like take a break from that stuff and really return to it or it's i mean it's always been i always like we go back and forth and not even just for nostalgia but like uh like exploring new stuff yeah and then um but it's never it's always been like a love of mine but then caught my buddy colin and bandmate colin he and i went to uh jeff rosenstock last year yeah and i was like okay that's like and i i fell back in love with like punk music yeah and uh i've just been i've been on it like heavy ever since and it was just so expressive and i was in the pit and it felt like i got this shit beat out of me like when i went home you know and it was just so positive and a release and i'm like man i miss that and uh you know, like not every show is is as cathartic and like as honest, maybe. And I just really was like, oh my god, this is the most honest show I've been a part of yeah. in a long time. Yeah, there's something like undeniable about that circle pit spirit, or like you know, just what happens in the crowd, and just maybe like the the role the crowd plays yeah. in those shows yep is so much different than a lot of different shows i think it took uh like i'm always reminded by of that when i go to certain shows i think for me last year 
um, I always run into you at Tree Fort, which is like yes. <laughs> one of my favorite things of Tree Fort is like running into the homies. And I feel like it's guaranteed that, you know, if not multiple times, at least once, I'm going to run into Jed yeah, at Tree Fort. Yeah. And last year, there was a band called Death Lens there from LA. And they have become my favorite band since then. And they're a punk band. And when I saw them play there and the circle pit that broke out, it just brought back all of those memories of going to those those punk shows as a kid and yeah. just like the energy that uh in lies in those things and just uh that emotional release that you can kind of get out of those things yeah and just the diy or die attitude like that's so that's informed every part of my life you know like beyond the music it's just like well i'm gonna do this for myself like yeah. i don't no one else is gonna do this like i'm gonna do it you yeah know? and uh yeah, the ethos of, of just the, that scene and that system is fucking dope, dude. So have you been, uh, I remember even when, you know, I had y'all back on the cast episode 36 <laughs> talking to, you know, at that point, what was Astro Tan? Like, I remember, you know, everybody was kind of contributing ideas musically even then. And, you know, it was voiced that you were a songwriter yourself in some form. So, like, did that start from a pretty early age for you as far as writing songs of your own and, and playing guitar? Yeah, yeah. I think I got a guitar when I was, like, 14. My, uh, this guy my sister was dating, like, gave her a guitar, and then I stole that, and and then I ended up getting my own guitar, and, uh, and I was that kid. I wasn't good at skating, but I was like the kid that would show up with all the skater friends just like playing <laughs> guitar on the curb, you know, like yeah. I wasn't a good skater. But like, dude, yeah, I've always like written music. The first song I remember writing, I wrote on the school bus, <laughs> like in like first grade. Yeah. My friend's like, what the <laughs> hell is that? I'm like, ah, oh, this is a hit, man. And uh, yeah, I still remember it, but uh, that's maybe we'll track it someday. <laughs> I, I still remember it. Um, Are you always using, you know, lyrics as like some way to kind of process the world around you? Yeah. Even, even and if it was like goofy shit in the yeah, beginning? Yeah. And I'm not even like a big lyric guy. Like it just kind of comes out and it's just, it's almost too literal. It's pretty matter of fact. Like, uh, but when they all like when the music and lyrics and everything just works together, I don't yeah. know. I think I just understand it like pretty holistically, you know? Yeah. So was there, uh, some of that going on for you, even amongst like all the projects you've played in, you know, the last seven years or so, were you always kind of still writing in some, some way, like your, your own stuff that wasn't really making it to the table or stuff that like, didn't feel like it fit in with like Astro Tan or Maine or whatever you were doing? Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of songs on this record, some of them are like 10 years old. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I remember writing some of them out of college and I've just like scrapped them and recorded them, scrapped them and wrote it and tried to release it and introduce it. Yeah. It's never worked out. And, um, and so, yeah, it's been like this, this EP has been like a collection of like the last 10 years, you know, and even like my first band in high school, I was like 14, I was in a Green Day cover band, Oh yeah, <laughs> like everybody else. <laughs> and we started writing material and I was the one writing lyrics back then and someone else and I'd be like, here, play these chords. And so I was kind of like writing the songs for my band back then, yeah. you know, which was a good intro. But yeah, dude, it, uh, yeah, 
these songs have been a long time coming. What do you think is like kind of brought them to life in this this combo move configuration? Like, what do you think has made sense about like actually getting these songs laid down, even though they've been in maybe in the works some of them for for so long? Yeah. So my buddy uh, Colin, he's uh, he plays guitar in combo move, and we were in a band together in Philly um, called Can You Canoe in like the early or mid two thousands. Yeah. And that's where I met him. And I ended up moving out there. I moved from here, from Portland to that Philly. It was technically in Delaware. Okay. Um, I moved to Delaware and lived in a house with him. And we were in a big band house. And, uh, you know, when that fell apart, I moved back here. And then Colin ended up moving out here. Lots of music like that going on in Philly, like in this, like this vein of things. Um, That's, that was, no, nah, we were doing like the indie pop thing. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, Colin and I, yeah, we just went to that. And over pandemic, we would start going on like hikes together and we'd just be listening to some like just crazy punk stuff, you know? And Colin's pretty, he has his fingers on the pulse of like what's going on musically and just started getting back into faster, heavier music a little bit more regularly. And then, um, when Maine kind of ended, uh, I was like, Colin, let's let's work on these songs. And he just had a way of like uh, adding these like voicings. So it's not just like a power chord song, but he'll add some weird pinky and put his pinky down and just get a weird yeah. voicing that's a little bit, I don't know, it just makes it different and it's better than anything I've done. For sure. That I would have done with it, you know? And there's always like, that man, I wish I would have started this thing earlier. Like, fuck, what, why didn't I do this? But, you know, all of those experiences ultimately landed me safe, safely with Colin. Yeah. And and if it weren't for Colin, these songs wouldn't be what they are. Stake out, we'll catch you red-handed. Ain't nobody not walking out alive. Break out, you see what the man did. Sure, we fell, but at least we know we tried. did like working the songs out early on like look like between the two of you because i know you play drums on the record mm -hmm. you also are the you know the singer on the record <laughs> so like what like when you and colin were you know fucking around at first was it just both of you on guitars working out songs that way or would would you be like jumping on the drum kit and he would be playing guitar yeah, I mean, usually I would have like an idea or some scratch track and uh, be like, hey, you know, like you write a part to this. And then he'd write a part, sometimes would do arranging. He wrote most of the bass lines on the record. Okay. And he performed most of those. Henry uh, plays uh, Mirror Talk on the record, but everything else is performed by Colin. Henry from Misplaced. Misplaced Screen Printing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so. 
Yeah, Colin, it started last summer, summer of 2022. Colin would just come over on Sundays and we'd get like a 12 pack and, you know, we'd just pretty much record until it was gone. And, you know, and by the end of it, it was really crazy because we couldn't like remember like what we played yeah. or like how we did that. And we'd come back to it like a week later and be like, oh my God, yeah, that's either really good or really bad. And uh, and then we would just have a song, would mic up the drums, and would pretty much try to like have a song minus the lyrics by the end of that day. And were you feeling pretty good about what was coming out of those like those early sessions? Did it feel like early on that it was something that you're like, oh well, I actually need to like do something <laughs> with this music that we're working on, and not just like let it be this this basement project. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, Exactly. We were writing these demos with the intention of like, we're going to go in a studio. And so we were really intentional about the parts and like, like we referenced all these like demos in the studio because we couldn't remember what we played. (laughs) You, I don't know when it's going to come out or like what the, uh, you know, the form that it will come out, but you sent me this, uh, this DVD esque. YouTube link of this making of the record which I think you absolutely nailed like the vibe of those early 2000s DVDs that would sometimes come with your favorite band CD of like the making of the record beautifully done thank you 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 crushed it and i would encourage anybody that is interested in this music to to watch this 15 minute is i i've made the idiotic decision of making (laughs) real dvds that's amazing and so it's gonna be it's a double it's a double-sided thing so one disc is the cd yeah and then the other disc is the dvd and i just kept getting ideas dude and like adding i'm like oh and then we'll do like a commentary reel and we'll do bonus footage and we ended up getting a runtime of like 51 minutes (laughs) well i think that's like the you know maybe some people feel like you know the disc form is like a little dated but there's so much shit that you can put on one disc yeah it's like you know the advantage of doing something like that and they're so cheap to replicate it's yeah and you know there's something to be said like man if i can sell 50 dvds i can sell like 300 records (laughs) (laughs) selling sin of the devil over here (laughs) i mean but yeah i guess the the point of me bringing up that that dvd is i think it's like such a cool insight into the process and you guys talk a lot about how like we made these demos just exactly how you were saying you know we we got a 12 pack and by the end of the day (laughs) cranked out some songs but it also meant once you got into the studio that there was a lot of referencing of those demos to like make these tracks you know come together because you had forgotten the parts yeah yeah like literally forgotten the parts but you know (laughs) it it all came together yeah there's a little editing magic in there but uh yeah and it was just because similarly like those dvds man like that's i grew up on that stuff just consuming that and borrowing my friends and like that was my my shit just watching those all day yeah and and so like in the spirit of the project i'm like well we have to do that like we can't we're not not gonna do it and it was really fun um like i was recording i had like this 2009 like really shitty handy cam <laughs> and it's like all grainy and like i shot that in the whole in the studio the whole time and it's just really fun having a like a time machine like that 
Like yeah. where it's like when I rewatch it, I'm like, oh my God, that, that thing happened. And For sure. I think it's also cool that it's purely, it aligns with the music so much, I feel like, because it's like the music is all based on this feel, you know? Yeah, like yeah. Maybe, you know, these imperfect moments at times and uh just like the emotion in the in the vocal tracks and like what you all captured but i feel like similarly all that behind the scenes footage is not about like the quality of the video it's <laughs> right. about like the actual content <laughs> and i feel like at this point you know we have access to like even our iPhones are like such great cameras at this point totally but like none of that matters and it's almost better that you just have it on this like handy cam style thing that is a little grainy. I think it all like feels cooler because yeah. of that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't, yeah, it's just like making do with what you have. I mean, if I had a cooler camera, I'd probably have used that. Yeah. Or if you <laughs> had like a devoted crew to like <laughs> yeah. making this really high quality video. Yeah. But like my, my I have like an iPhone SE. So like <laughs> my camera sucks on that thing. <laughs> and like, I don't know. Might as well go with the 2009 Handycam. Yeah. At least it looks a little more of the era. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. So that was really fun. And <laughs> I'm an idiot because it, I almost ended up spending more time making the DVD and like authoring a DVD on this like bunk ass software <laughs> that's, that's updated or hasn't been updated and there's no drivers and downloading viruses and just it was it was such a fool's errand. I ended up paying someone on Fiverr in Serbia to do it for like 40 bucks. <laughs> I just gave up. I spent like eight eight hours on it. I was like, all right, that's that's enough. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. What do you feel like was like one of the things I really appreciate about the recordings on the record is it it feels like it captures that live energy feel of like a punk rock set. What was it like trying to capture that energy in the studio, not playing in front of this crowd that's jumping around because it, it definitely like, I don't know. It feels fucking alive. Yeah. Guess, good. You know? Cool. Cool. I mean, uh, it was really fun. I mean, we did three like 18 hour days in the studio back to back to back. So we were all just hyped. We were and, like, the energy was there. We had a lot to do. We were doing seven songs in that amount of time. So we had to like bust ass. And so that energy and that was just kind of naturally baked into the process because we're like, we got to fucking go, you know? And it was very much like, don't overthink stuff. Like, don't, don't get too, don't sweat the details. Don't sweat the small stuff. Like, let's just do what we do and do it and make it sound good. And, uh, that was just kind of our North star. Like, we're not going for perfect. Like, we're not going to make it sound bad, but like if some things are a little squelchy, yeah. you know, um, that's just part of it sometimes. doesn't serve this particular music to be this like technically perfect, polished thing anyway. Yeah. And like the drums aren't, I mean, things are lined up a little bit, um, but it's not like, it's not like super gridded where it feels inorganic you know yeah. and like even watching back through the dvd and like when i'm playing guitar along with the drums i'm like man i am off like <laughs> i am so far behind the click but it, it i don't know it lends to its charm and it creates this weird sense of like urgency and like you're kind of like trying to get the fuck out you know yeah 
It also doesn't mean that the record doesn't sound great because I think it sounds fucking awesome. Oh, like, yeah, when you yeah. sent it to me, I was just like, this bangs in the car. This feels like a road trip record. Yes. Like, I just wanted to keep driving. Yes, dude. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we, uh, Justin Chase here in town, he, uh, he produced it and recorded it. And he did a wonderful job. Yeah. I mean, he's just, and he had a good time like doing that project. I think anyone in our general age range is like, they have a sweet spot for this because you just couldn't avoid it at the time. It was the, you know, TRL and it was yeah. the biggest thing in the world. And it was a force whether you liked it or not. Yeah. Like it was different, but like you were, you were familiar with it. Yeah. I think that's like one of the fun things about like that era is that as punk rock in spirit as it was, it was also this thing that was like made its way into the mainstream yeah. somehow. Yeah. It's crazy. And you know, like, and I think even more than nostalgia per se or nostalgic for certain things, I think we're almost more nostalgic for like monoculture, you know, that doesn't exist anymore where everyone would tune into this and yeah. you know, there's like this collective energy, like we're all sharing shared experience and that's yeah. kind of over, or at least it looks a lot different now. And I think like that wanting to be in a group of people and like wanting to relate, like as much as we say like, oh, we're divided and yeah. and it's all like that. But I think there's a lot of things where we see like people yearn for that shared experience. That is interesting because we're not, you know, like we might be watching the same shows that are streaming or something. You right. know, like everybody's watching the big shows, whatever, you know, this year's Breaking Bad is or whatever. Yeah. But there isn't that shared experience of like every day when I went home, I turned on MTV and I watched TRL and I watched music videos Yeah, and I wanted to see like, did the fucking sync hold it down at number one Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? or was it like a green day or like a blink 182 that was like, you know, vying for that, that top spot or whatever that destiny's child or whatever was happening. Totally. But everybody was, you know, if you cared about pop culture, you would kind of go home and tune it like everybody was tuning into that thing or everybody was watching that late night performance on, you know, Conan or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And like everyone would know about it. Even if you didn't see it, you knew that fucking Taking Back Sunday played late night yeah, you know, or yeah. whatever. And and uh, and that's those days, I think, are gone. But I think like there's things happening where we still see people like. Like Spotify does this thing now where you can see like how many people are listening to a playlist mm -hmm. like at the same time. That's kind of neat. Like yeah. that's that collective experience. They're trying to take this really, you know, Spotify is all about an individual listener, right? Like, yeah. It's all about curating a playlist for you. <laughs> yeah. We're all getting that like weekly playlist that they're putting in our face. Yeah. You know? But they're trying like stuff like how you can share with friends and like yeah. see blend with blend, I think they call it. I don't know. But I think that that's trying to scratch the itch of like collectivity a little bit. Yeah. Well, what do you feel like? Uh, what was Justin's role kind of as producer and engineer of, of the songs that you all were making? And like what what do you think he did to bring the songs alive or kind of like keep you guys on track to what you were trying to achieve with the songs? Yeah, I mean, he, uh, you know, again, we had like three days and we sent him all the demos and the demos were pretty clear and we were pretty confident in, in those. It was just like getting takes. He just kind of kept it moving. You know, he did a great job of, of discerning like we got it. We didn't. We need a couple more of these. 
and he just knew the roadmap. He and I have recorded a lot of music together, so we had that rapport, and there's a lot of comfort. That shared vocabulary. Yeah, like yep. References and A lot whatnot. of made-up words. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of acronyms. Uh, but uh, yeah, and he just kept the whole thing on the rails, moved it through, and even navigating, like mastering and getting tracks, we mastered it with uh, Telegraph Mastering with Adam Gonzalez. Yeah. And, you know, just being the liaison between mastering and everything like that, he just got really hands-on with it. And and it was funny. I was like, you know, I don't want this to sound like, I want the guitars to be scooped as fuck. I want them to be MIDI. Like, I want there to be so, not MIDI, but like a lot of mid-range. Yeah. I want these like crazy mid-range guitars. For sure. <laughs> and uh, And he just nailed it. You know, after by like the second version and he spent extra time on it because he's like, I don't have it yet. Just give me a second. And like three days later, he's like, I think I I found the thing. Yeah. You know, and so him just like figuring it out was crazy. <laughs> I'm curious because it's been so long since you were, you know, kind of writing songs of your own or being like the front person for these songs that you were writing what was it like for you to go into the studio and know that you had to go knock out the lead vocals? And what was it like to, I don't know, was it easy for you to, to get into that mode? Because this music is so, you know, high tempo most of the time. And it's so like huge. Like, I feel like the, the vocal takes are so great. Like you did such a fucking killer job. So Thanks. What was that experience like for you? I uh, actually didn't do them in the studio. I did them. I did them at my house. We did them at the studio here at the house. Okay. And I built like a vocal booth in the corner, and like it was literally like <laughs> screwing boards into like these beams, <laughs> and made this really ghetto vocal booth, and uh, sang it to an SM7B, and Justin loaned me a really nice compressor he had, and I just ripped them because I tried to record them in the studio and I lost my voice immediately and I'm like oh my god I don't know how to scream right like I don't know how to properly scream and there's an art to that dude people don't understand yeah and like I think there's a a very uh I don't want to say disrespect but lack of maybe knowledge from the general public that like to be able to to scream in a way where you do not lose your voice and for these artists that are like doing that night after night on tour there's yeah. like such a huge art to it dude and it uh it, it killed me and like and then even like on the record I'm not screaming correctly like that's all stuff i learned in the car and from watching youtube videos <laughs> like two months later i'm like fuck i need to figure this out i can't hurt myself doing yeah. this like this needs to be a sustainable thing and so i think i'm doing better did you set this rig up then so that you could be the only person here in that moment too like you didn't need another person yeah to yeah yep, record? exactly i had the laptop right yeah. there at like pretty much tit level and i could just <laughs> i could just edit and smash takes and then when i started to feel a little hoarse or like i was losing i just stopped do you feel like that was also key in getting the takes that you got just that you were alone and that there was kind of no one else listening in or do you do you not really feel i don't really care about that stuff i think like it's more efficient because it's not wasting someone's time to just tell me like i mean i'm and i'm not like even singing it's not like was that out of key dude and it's like no i'm screaming <laughs> and as long yeah. as uh the energy's there like there's a little bit more uh elasticity with that type of vocal style yeah is it a lot different for you 
doing that in headphones just yourself versus singing with the band? Uh, a little bit, but we, uh, you know, we just did all that with demos. So at that point I was kind of used to it. I was used to like just trying to figure it out. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think that that helped me build the confidence, like to be like, ah, I could do this in the band. Yeah. And then, uh, our first show and people were like, Hey, that sounded okay. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> nice. How different was it for you? Like jumping, you know, not being on the drum kit and being in the front. Oh, it's awesome. Band. It's awesome, dude. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so fucking fun. And, uh, I just, I don't know. I have a lot of energy and I'm pretty, pretty hyperactive and, uh, yeah, just, yeah. It's way more fun. Yeah. To me, <laughs> to me, without even seeing it, as soon as you're like, this is my new band, I was just like, yeah, dude, you should be at the front of something. <laughs> like, you have the energy and, like, the charisma for this thing, you know? Dude, yeah, it's just been really fun. I mean, we've played literally two shows. We played a house show, uh, and then we played the Lollipop Shop. And so I, I keep forgetting, like, oh, I, like part of me is like, oh. We did it. <laughs> it's like, no, dude, we just, we just pressed all this shit. We just pressed 300 DVDs. Like we're, we're no, it's just getting started. Let's go. I just um, finished the DVD main menu. <laughs> yeah. After four weeks, I just cracked it. That's awesome, dude. So being that like some of the, these songs were like initial ideas for them were as old as they were. Was there a lot of, lyrics that you kind of like went back and pieced together or did all the lyrics like get written within the time of like putting together these more official demos yeah that definitely like re scrapped all if any lyrics were lingering around and just rewrote everything yeah and it usually takes me a couple times like i'll write i'll get like a melody or like the general flow yeah and then i'll listen to it or i'll show it to colin and he'll be like that eh, kind of sucks <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm like hey you're right and then i'll go back and redo it and come up with something a little more thoughtful good to have somebody in your corner that will tell you when something sucks oh yeah yeah and that you trust to be like all right <laughs> yeah 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 and you know I, I i send it to colin too so there's a healthy balance in there yeah and he's tactful he's 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 uh he's very kind with his criticism but he'll be <laughs> like yeah i don't know about that <laughs> which i appreciate yeah you know you were talking about how you're not always necessarily like singing like when you're doing these these vocals and i i really do appreciate on a couple of the tracks that have more of this kind of you know ad lib vibe to the vocals where you're kind of like talking mm -hmm. through things and very reminiscent of uh you know some of that that punk rock stuff that that you and i grew up listening to yeah for sure um like mirror talk is is one of the tracks that like sticks out to me and just kind of that that balance between like what you get out of the verses where you are ad libbing things compared to where the chorus goes where there's a little bit more like full voice singing going yeah on. yeah yeah the first time i showed that to my buddy kyle he uh he's like are there two who's the other singer in this band <laughs> i'm like dude that's that's me i'm just not screaming at the yeah. beginning that's kind of like the fun i think like the cool elements you get out of doing something like that where it's such a different vocal technique that it can sound like it's two different people yeah yeah it's it's fun playing around like mirror talk is definitely one of the weirder older songs on the record and uh 
I don't know. If we had like five more songs, I'd probably cut it. But yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It, it turned out good. Turned out pretty good. Yeah. Did that that style of kind of like talking through things almost vocally like come pretty natural when you were trying to figure out like how to insert yourself as the vocalist to these these songs yeah well yeah and i think i have a pretty nasally singing voice per all the music we grew up listening to and <laughs> uh and so i think it's it was really intimidating to actually try to sing that song in particular when i first wrote it i it was a children's song about gardening it's called organics <laughs> and uh and it was that for like three years and so and it had like this weird like pacing kind of i don't know and yeah i guess it did kind of just naturally transfer into that yeah felt like there's a little less pressure on myself to like sing and perform well if i'm just talking <laughs> Where do you feel like the like emotional charge for the lyrics and the music kind of came out of? I mean, you know, like I think deep down all of us punkers are just kind of pissed off at, at, about stuff, you know, whether it's the state of the world or whether it's like the way cla classism in the country and other things going on in other countries. And there is a lot of injustice. And I mean, we've come a long way. Yeah. Like things are arguably better than they've been in For some, sure. you know, but like in a lot of ways it's like just, just cause people aren't, cause people can like eat food in this country pretty e somewhat easily. It doesn't mean like things are good. Right. <laughs> you know, like the bar has to be a little bit higher than like you're, you have a roof over your head. <laughs> yeah. It should, it should be for one of the wealthiest countries in the world. You know, there should be a little bit higher of a bar. I yeah. Think. <laughs> yeah. For and what we're like offering the general public. Yeah. And I think like, just like now it's so easy to become complacent and to like we have these digital pacifiers in our pockets and it makes us so much less observant to the world and it kind of numbs us out. And I feel like the rage in this record, it's like, it's like, wake the fuck up. Yeah. Like, like pay attention. Like, like your boss is ripping you off. Like this dude makes too much money and he doesn't do anything like there. Are, and I, you know, it's just this very visceral, I didn't really think about it. I just said it. How I, feel about this stuff you know and like and i'm not perfect and like celebrating in, in some ways these songs are celebrating my own imperfections you know i talk about doing too many drugs and i talk about like kind of being a shithead and i talk about like fucking up and like and i'm okay with that like those things suck but yeah. that's what like makes us who we are like i'm not this perfect tiktok influencer guy <laughs> you know for sure um, and I think like just being comfortable with that and, and inadvertently, hopefully inspiring someone else to be comfortable with their own skin, whether, yeah. whether people get it or not, whether it's popular or not, like just kind of be who you are, you know? Yeah. It's, it's that idea when you're, you know, spouting out things like out loud or, you know, giving advice that you're usually like giving advice to yourself yeah. almost like through this thing. Yep, exactly. And that Justin actually helped out with that in the recording at some points, like trying to get these ideas out. It felt like certain lines were a little accusatory because I wasn't, I was more using more you language. And he was like, you know, 
what are you what are you trying to say here? Which was a bold thing of him to ask, and I'm glad he brought it up because I did end up being like, You're right. Like these need to be I statements and I rewrote a yeah. lot of, I rewrote a lot of stuff and it it came out better. It feels better to sing. It gets my point across better. Yeah. But I was just like, I don't know why it's not like hitting. And it's cause it was more accusatory than I was like, why does this feel accusatory? He's like, well, cause it fucking is, dude. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And so, um, you know, changing that around and reflecting a little bit more on it. And that's kind of what Mirror Talk is about and where a lot of those words came from. I have those things where they hollowed me out. The things that I never talk about. Things I've forgotten so long, but I know they're still a thing. I'll stick around cause I'm here for the ride. Do our best and goddamn it, we tried to not fuck this up for the world, for our time in the ring. back to like what you were you were saying earlier of like oh i can't believe i didn't like uncover like this project earlier in my life but do you feel like it happened at the right time as far as you being able to like have the right words to kind of express your i don't know your your angst towards the situation yeah you, think you would have like maybe been more accusatory if this was like jed 10 years ago or you know or even maybe not had these same thoughts about the the state of the world or yeah i mean wisdom's a motherfucker right like yeah. like there is something powerful in those those off the cuff like this is what i think and send it yeah. you know there's something really cool about that but i think what this record does now is it just is it it reflects how i feel more accurately now yeah you know, and, uh, you know, there's a time when I probably would have been more into the accusatory shit and it would have worked because if I felt that way <laughs> at the time and that's, then that's, you know, that's expressing that feeling and those ideas. But right now I'm, I'm a little more at peace with some things yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and especially myself. And so I think I have enough stones to like kind of turn the flame on myself instead of other people. Yeah. And just as a general practice, like. I'm so, I'm one of those guys that's like, ah, oh, fucking traffic and like all these people and everyone's cut me off and <laughs> yeah, like yeah. somehow everybody else is the asshole. Yeah. And so it's kind of a practice and like, nah, what do you, let's, let's go inward here. For sure. Yeah. I think it's also, you know, along those same lines for myself, it's been about trying to figure out like discerning the right time to like, is this the time I need to like speak my opinion yeah <laughs> like do i need to be the person that's right in this moment or you know yeah man and that's life stuff S sometimes you know? it's not always worth it to no be like i'm right like no your opinion is wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yep what's it been like i don't know like releasing 
the music and getting the opportunity to record all the music do you feel like you're all, you've also gotten some peace like out of that experience as well to like get to you know you've gotten to express your some of this uh these feelings or like this this angst or you know all these emotions that you're feeling has it been pretty great to get to share this stuff and like do you feel like there's a different release in the the live shows that you've experienced before because of the energy of the music yeah yeah and it's and it's always fun like the, the, like I said, we've played two shows and yeah. having people I've known for a long time just kind of like deadpan stare at me. <laughs> and they're just <laughs> like, who is that? Like, what? Like, what? I don't know. You just screamed at us for 30 minutes and, <laughs> and I loved it. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I was really surprised when after our first show and people were like, oh, these lyrics and like a lot of people were coming up to me and I'm like, yeah. you could understand them. Like yeah. I it didn't even, it didn't even, I was like, ah, it's just going to sound like I'm barking, you know, and people could like understand words and they thought they were cool and uh, it was really encouraging. And even beyond like the delivery, they were like, no, like I got that, you know, that line hit for me. And, uh, that's the whole point, right? Yeah. Did you not necessarily expect there to be like that line of vulnerability that people would kind of like feel with the music because you felt like it was just going to be you shouting? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and people got it and I forgot that that was like a thing that could happen. Um, (laughs) and, but like a pleasant surprise was like, oh yeah, like, damn. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe speaks to like the power of the tunes too, when you didn't even register that it would hit people that way and then it does yeah yeah i mean that it was definitely a surprise because just wrote these things in our basement and now someone can listen to it and enjoy it maybe yeah, <laughs> yeah I, lo- I love like just the you know the ep just like i said the beginning of the conversation it just as soon as it's over it makes me want to just listen again and you can you can do that in like twenty minutes. Yeah, and yeah. Listen to the whole thing. There's a lot of traffic on the way here, and I think I almost listened to it twice just on the way here. Awesome. Yeah, it's, commu- <laughs> it's a commuter record. Yeah, you know, like just about anywhere you're going in a small big yeah. city. If you need a fuck you traffic, record, <laughs> like this is it. <laughs> yep, just flying through, passing people on the berm, you know. <laughs> Uh, I was listening to Combo Move, Your Honor. Uh, I, 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 I don't know what happened. Be fine. I went. I went. It blacked out. From the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw a flash of red, and, and you were there, and were in the bridge. What was it like? You know, trying to bring these songs to the to the live show after kind of just making these in the studio. Was it? Was that a pretty easy? transition it was pretty easy you know um i think that's usually different than how most bands do it i think most bands like play with each other for a while and then they workshop songs and then they typically i think a lot of the time yeah and uh in some ways it was really helpful being like meh here's the songs (laughs) this is how it's supposed to go and uh you know the other musicians were good enough players where they just learned it yeah and so we were able to kind of get things up and running like relatively quickly yeah, I guess it's also this thing where it's, you know, 
it's not this record that has all this additional production and instrumentation that you have to worry about translating right to the live show it's like what you hear on the record pretty easy to like replicate yeah. in a live show yeah exactly and that's that was the idea like let's just go up and, and shred some guitars and just be loud and play guitars and <laughs> you know yeah yeah and i think we we kept that you know i think we kept being a guitar band yeah so is this in the this whole experience of making the record and getting to play some live shows been pretty inspiring to you to like want to keep pushing forward or keep like writing music for this band yeah yeah i mean colin and i've been meeting back up regularly and uh, i think we're about five songs in for another record um right now and uh that's been really fun because like i'm out of songs but i have probably like 70 just little licks and phone demos and we'll just start scrolling through yeah. them and calling me like eh, hang on let's fuck around like that, that yeah let's work around <laughs> with that one and then you know 12 pack later we have a song and it's just been so fun yeah to write like just you're in space you're just floating around in space and then you have something to show for it yeah and it's better it's uh it's a little less it's these new, this new new stuff sounds like a little less riff based, a little more jangly, almost like more power poppy in some ways, but it still has like those punk tempos. Yeah, and it's like getting I'm getting better at guitar, so the guitar is getting a little more fun and complicated. So yeah, like we're we're on it, and we're really excited to release like another record, which I'm sure we'll record this winter. Yeah, and I know you play you played drums on the record, but has it been? nice to kind of step away from the drum kit a little bit and just like has that been inspiring or like spark new energy that yeah. you're spending a lot more time playing the guitar and this this other instrument and not kind of strapped to the kit yeah it is it is i mean even just like setting up <laughs> setting you up you don't just, have to be that guy no no i have like two things i have like a pedal board a, an amp and a guitar you yeah. know uh which is such that's awesome. I'm getting lazy, dude. Like, <laughs> uh, and so, but yeah, and even like being able to communicate with the drummer in a way, like he's like, "How's this part going?" I can attach, 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 do that, and he's yeah. Like, oh yeah, and uh, we have that language piece. Um, so yeah, and and it's been fun. Like, I'm not too drill sergeanty about it. Like, I can let him go. And our current drummer, his name's TJ. He, I mean, he. He plays this stuff better than I do, man. Like he's a far better drummer than I am. <laughs> and so it's really fun. Like listening to like him just crush these parts. Yeah. Is it hard for you to write without that? Like drummer's lens in your, in your head? I think it's always it going to be in there, yeah. you know, and I, I'll probably still record drums on this next record. Knock on wood. Maybe yeah. not. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Um, I kind of always hear like a clear part, but then like that's where you have a guy like Colin and even Henry will be like, you know, I think I hear this drum beat here. You ever try that? And I'm like, ah, I didn't try that. And now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, <laughs> nah, he's right though. It needs yeah. to be this beat. Yeah. And so, but Henry's a multi-instrumentalist too. He's a drummer. He plays bass, guitar, keys. And so, you know, just like trusting your team a little bit, yeah. hearing people out. But yeah, it like makes parts cooler like makes the idea cooler yeah and how do you feel like you and colin's creative relationship has kind of evolved from maybe where it started initially when you were just like doing those 
original sessions before you maybe even knew you were going to make a combo move record? Right. Good question. I think I think it's different now because there's just a lot of trust and we understand what each other likes a little more and like what we don't like. Yeah. And so we kind of try to do more of that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and just like like we said, like saying no to bad ideas and like taking time to chase what could be good ones. And, uh, yeah, it's like, we're just getting a little bit more experimental We're we're starting like that. The, the combo movie P is pretty like bare bones guitar. Like anyone could get these sounds and tones and we're starting to mix around with different textures and slightly different ethereal elements while keeping the same like raw vibe. Yeah. And that's been fun, you know, but that'll, that'll be a whole time suck in itself. You know, you make the song and then you spend two hours finding the right delay. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I think we're just like chasing ideas a little better and more efficiently than we did before. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know, even like you're saying, you know, it's not like all these sounds you got aren't like anything too experimental or anything. And maybe something anybody could like, throw down but i think that's like what makes it cool and what makes it kind of special is that it is you know this kind of bare bones four-piece rock and roll you know like punk band yeah but you got all of this cool feel out of it and i do think that there are like some dynamics where not everything is sitting at like this crazy high tempo i think it's like some of those tunes like wedding song where the verses are pretty chill and there's those like low-key moments but then it everything kind of explodes more in the choruses of things yeah yeah so there are it's not like this one trick pony where everything sits at like 135 bpms right (laughs) yeah some dynamic it's it's a ride a little bit you know and I, I feel like it's just enough for this record like I could see like a longer collection of songs maybe slowing down a little more and having yeah. but we wanted this to just be yeah that commuter record it's a little different but like it's getting you through yeah I, th- I think hopefully like it's the thing that makes you more open to like if there is a combo move full length you're more invested in wanting to like take that front to back experience if it's going to exceed 20 minutes <laughs> you know yeah yeah for sure like i'd be hyped about it yeah. at this point yeah dude. yeah for real this is like one of my my favorite 
records that has come out of the city this year. Ooh, awesome. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, dude. It just like, it made me excited. Dude, to awesome. To want to keep listening and it made me want to jump in a circle pit, which yes. I feel like I'm maybe getting too old for, but <laughs> in the right moments, you know, like, you know. Autonomics have done it to me over the years. Yeah. You know, their live shows. I've jumped in I've jumped in a few autonomics yeah, circle pits, man. you know? Makes you feel like a kid again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's fun. I mean, I don't know. You're so it feels like you, you did yard work for a few yeah. hours, you know. I don't know. If I was gonna start a band at this point, this would be like the type of music that I would want to be playing. Like it just seems fun. It is fun. It is fun. And I just don't, uh, the one thing that's interesting is I'm trying to find the audience here. And I love, um, there's that all ages program called Friends of Noise. Yeah. And I really want to get networked in with them because this music's, I mean, it's, it's for kids, dude. Like that's who punk rock is for, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like those are the kids that are, they're the tomorrow and they're feisty and fired up and that, you know, like your point, like it's okay, like making a song that a 14 year old can play. Like that's kind of the point. That's again, like that was the on-ramp for me for all the music I loved. And if it was too yeah. complicated or too um, hard, I would lose interest in it. Yeah. That's why fucking Nirvana inspired a bunch of new guitar players because you saw that it was like this, this pretty simple music that they were making. Yeah. There was a lot of genius in the writing. Yeah, yeah, but it was like, I can do that. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and that was, like, kind of, again, like, that was kind of a North Star while, like, making this record. I'm like, anytime I get in my head or have imposter syndrome, I'm like, yeah, it's punk music, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. for sure. It's, it's what it is, you know? <laughs> I also appreciated in the, you know, the DVD that, you know, you make mention of, you know, there is all this shit going on in the world to be you know upset and angry about and all this civil unrest and but it's also important to go in the basement and make fucking music with your friends to, oh my uh, god to kind of deal with that in some way in, yeah you know maybe in a way that makes you feel better about it or we're so we're so like immersed in our, our fucking, our pacifiers, our phones. Yeah. Like you were saying, these digital pacifiers that it's, it's hard to escape that, that world sometimes. Yeah. So I appreciate. And I, and I feel it, man. I mean, I, I wake up and I feel heavy. I take pills to sleep at night. Like yeah. I, you know, I feel the weight of the world. And, but like the thing about this music is for me, like I'm looking for a way out. Yeah. Like I'm. Maybe it feels a little dark. So I don't think it's really dark, but like some of the subject matter can like come across that way, I guess. But my whole thing is I'm looking for a way out. Yeah. Like I feel this way and I'm in this space and we're all faced against these things, but I'm trying to like get the fuck out of there. I don't want to, I don't want to stay in that Hell space. Yeah. I want to make the, my future. I want to do that with everybody else. I yeah. want everyone to come with me. Like, sure. let's go. And that's like the most cathartic thing about this record is like, no, like, yeah, it's fucked, but let's get the fuck out. Let's yeah. go. Let's, we're all, and you're all coming with me. Let's go. Mission accomplished, dude. That, for me, at least, like, it is that rocket ship to like kind of escape. Awesome. And man. feel like, feel fucking something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And even if it feels like, it's bringing out that angst in me. It's, it feels like it's happening in this positive way. Yeah. 
And, you know, there's righteous anger. You know, yeah. that's a thing. Yeah. Like, it's okay to be mad about fucked shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, straight up. Absolutely. Um, and we need a little bit more of that. We need to we need to shake it up It's a okay bit. to fucking question the, the powers of be. Yeah. Want to be. Yeah. Yeah, shake it up. It. Make it hard. I mean, if... if if the boat's going down, we're at least going to make it hard for them. <laughs> like, it's not going to be easy. Absolutely. Like, we're going to make it tough. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I, I love it. And uh, just having the opportunity to, to be able to do it now is really exciting. I'm hyped about it. Definitely want to play, you know, I want to play some music to, to sail the episode out. But before we do that, I also wanted to chat briefly about literal gold records because i've seen so much stuff yes this past year coming out on literal gold and so much of it cam spees has been engineering and recording and producing which has been rad but um talk to me about literal gold and what your role in this portland-based label is yeah so um We started it in 2020. I guess Cam and his childhood friend Justin had this idea for a while. And and then after I got let go from the label I worked at before, um, pandemic, I got let go during the pandemic. And they're like, well, we need someone to like run this thing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I have a lot of free time and I know something about this. And so um, I'm my role is the label manager there. And uh, it's been awesome. Like. I still get to keep the relationships I had, uh, at my old label job. And I work with such great people and I, you know, the fact I get to keep in touch with them and we get to work together on cool yeah. projects and we're releasing some really rad stuff and we're getting better at releasing stuff. Um, it's been really rad, you know, and it's gotten a little harder now that, uh, like life has kind of ramped back up and things are online again. Um, I don't have the time I originally had to uh, sink into a label. Yeah. Um, but we're still making it happen. And, you know, and everyone's just kind of down. And Cam does so much work. And Justin does a lot of work. And um, it's the same Justin that did the combo move record? No, okay. no, no, no. This is a, a guy that Cam grew up with. Okay. All right. And, uh, yeah. And just passionate for music, passionate for art. Like, just people wanting to get that out there and to be um an outlet for that here in portland yeah i'm assuming it's helpful to that cam is working on so many different projects and seems to be like always working on new records with people that he's constantly new music is being put in front of him and he can kind of voice like hey i'm working on this record it's really great. We should definitely consider putting this out. Kind of exactly. Thing. Like he's a he's a front row seat for A and R, you know. And so that's that's how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and it works great. You know, A and R is a lot of work. Um, and I did a lot of that at my last job, and I love it. But it's also kind of nice just having someone deliver you like a rad record. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, Can we put this out. Absolutely. You know, uh, that's really fun too. What do you, do you feel like there's a, like a goal with the label or like, is there, um, what do you, what are we trying to, you know, accomplish with, uh, these releases or. Yeah. I mean, at the gate, out the gate, um, you know, we signed Night Heron, we signed Maine, which is my project, Maine disbanded. Yeah. So that kind of sucked. We need to, like, I guess moving forward, we need to work with more artists that, like, tour and play more regularly because 
you guys can't see it, but uh, he's sitting next to a massive mound of vinyl here. There's a lot of boxes. <laughs> There's a lot of records. And uh, and so, you know, we just need to move the records, but we have the infrastructure. We um, scaled up our distro this year, and we got a lot of things in place where we do have an artist that's touring a little bit more regularly and with a little, you know, a little bit more robust of a schedule and yeah. just um, that infrastructure. I think we can support them now. Yeah. You know, so we've grown with the label, which is cool. Um, but, you know, we want to support artists. We want to pay for them to actualize their dreams. We want to, you know, we're not giving out advances, but we're spending money on these releases. Yeah, for sure. And uh, that's important. And the cool thing about this label is there's most labels work off of a recoupment model, which is most bands don't make any money, zero money until all of the record is paid off. Right. So, and then you make like 50% once the record's paid off. But Literal Gold doesn't do that. We do, um, we've kind of made up a system and it's a tiered system. So you're making, artists are making money from dollar one. And so at first, that may look like the label is making 75% and the artist is making 25%. But then as the record, we pay back those expenses, then, you know, once it makes 100% back, say it's a $10,000 album, we make 10 grand back, then the artist goes from making 25% to 50% and it's a 50-50 deal. And, you know, and once it, and in quote, recoups, and quote like 300% then the scales can tip for the artists where they're making 75 and the labels making 25 you know Um, because there just has to be a change there has to be I mean big bands like there are some big bands in town and they get home off the road and they have to go fucking work in a kitchen or get a serving job and it's just like why do artists eat shit like they're on good labels they're doing cool shit they tour a lot why do they need to do that? Yeah. That's not right. And so we're we're learning a lot with that because the model's challenging. It definitely squeezes and puts pressure on us as a label. I mean, it's a lot less revenue, but also like you have to do what's right. Like, yeah. you know, if you don't do the right thing, then it's not going to work. There'll be, there will be some AI bot label <laughs> that's going to, everyone will go to yeah. and they'll make more money. And, but if you, you know, I think there's still a lot we can offer people as humans (laughs) for now. And, you know, and we, if we do that with integrity, I think people will stay relevant through that, you know? Yeah. Obviously like big challenges are the financial challenges of a label, but what is it like trying to put music out that actually like breaks through the, the surface or like gets the the playlisting when there's so much music being released every single day oh my god it's it's tough but you get better at it you get better um like for me it's it's understanding a release and like how to talk about it and not in a way that an artist would talk about it but being like oh no this is a synth pop retro retro wave (laughs) and like getting it down to like eight words yeah and under just really understanding these records and what's going on there and and being able to talk about it with brevity and accuracy and that's helped with playlist pitching that's helped with radio pitching i do a lot of that stuff in-house and it works like we have spent money on radio and pr campaigns and we've done several in-house and the is the results were astounding. Yeah. Like, and I, and not every time granted, like there, there are 
these people are professional campaign workers for reasons they're they're pro but for us like just kind of taking a crack at it i think like people open their email Mm -hmm. you know people want to take a shot people are rooting for a label like of a new label like that you know like i think like there's still a lot of humanity in the music industry, despite being, despite our corporate overlords. Yeah. And, um, you know, people are looking out for you and they want to see new ideas thrive and succeed. That's why everyone works in this industry. For sure. Yeah. It is funny that the the brevity is such a big part of the thing, you know, for being someone that uh, receives a lot of emails on a daily basis from like PR companies and, and labels trying mm-hmm. to like you know, shoot their shot of like, Hey, do you fuck with this? Do you want to like, have this band on your podcast? Or like, do you want to feature them on a playlist or whatever? It's, it's sometimes it's the, uh, getting it across in one paragraph and not being this, this novel to read and not like throwing too many things at the person. Yeah. Yeah. Just and, like say your coolest thing. And yeah, just understanding the language around things too, of just, you know, yeah, I mean, my pitches for this record have been like, I made literal DVDs. <laughs> like, that's my subject line. Buddy made literal DVDs. <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't know if people are opening them or not, yeah. but like, it's like, I don't know, that's, that's what I got. <laughs> I opened it. Yeah, hell yeah, you did. I fuck with this DVD. <laughs> you should fuck with this DVD. I'm going to put all the links in the episode notes so people can uh, keep up with this new combo move project, Jed. And I'll put your uh, your personal handle in there too, and the literal gold handle. Sick. People Sick. should uh, tap in with all that stuff and support the support the label lots of portland based stuff coming out through literal gold and uh is the combo move record coming out on vinyl is there is uh it it's not to gonna be, be in vinyl it's gonna be on cd and dvd yeah, it's gonna be a box of dvd but yeah, literal dude. gold is of putting it out kind of like lightly yeah uh our catalog number is lg666 hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. yeah. and self-titled self-titled combo move ep available on wherever you listen to music you can find this combo move ep and i would encourage you to uh to check it out on your commute you know on your on your drive um where wherever wherever you're listening to music you should fucking check it out i want to play the episode out with easy does it easy does it is one of my favorite tracks on the record there's a music video for this. There is, yeah. I think my friend Chris Spicer yeah. shot the music video yes, he did. in this basement. Yes, he did. Fuck right yeah, here. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did a great job. And yeah. again, like when you talk about like people that know this project, he's yeah. like, I know exactly what you want. Yeah. I know exactly what this looks like. Like we're all so deeply connected to yeah. that piece of our past. Yeah. Uh, and it's been fun working with buddies that that get it. Yeah. Know? I saw him like a couple of days before you guys did that shoot and he's just like, oh, I'm about to do this uh, really fun shoot for Jed's new band. And he said he wants it to be like a MySpace era music video. And I yeah. was like, this is going to be great. Yeah, dude. Awesome. <laughs> so playing it out with Easy Does It. Um, Jed, I'm so glad that um, you're still doing the thing. You're still making music. And like I said, it's... Uh, it's exciting to run into people like you and maintain like a some sort of relationship with these people that were on the early episodes of the podcast. Amazing. And uh, yeah, it just makes me stoked that we're both still doing our thing in whatever capacity. And it's always a, 
it's always a good thing when I run into you around the city or at shows or in Boise, Idaho, at Tree Fort, yeah. wherever. So, yeah, man, feel the same way, and I'm so glad that you do the program still and the that it's, it's still crushing <laughs> and, and that you take the time out of your day to elevate and lift other people's projects and art. Dude, that's special. It's a, it's a fun thing to get to do. I feel, I feel very, uh, blessed and, and grateful that I get to do the thing still, you know? Yeah, brother. So, um, we got to sail it out with, with your, it's a program. You got to say it's a program. To, it's, a, it's a program. You nailed it. Everybody. That's Jed. <laughs> Combo Move is the the new band. Literal Gold is the the label that that Jed is working with, and uh, we're playing it out with Easy Does It off that Combo Move EP, and that's the Jelly Jams. And we will catch you on the flip side, Portland or wherever you are listening from. Cool. Shout out to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast and for their longtime support of this thing. Don't forget to find that discount link in the episode notes or in my Instagram bio. 30% off your first year membership with DistroKid, helping you get your music in all the places it needs to be. And big thanks to Drops for making some of my favorite edibles in the game, keeping me fine-tuned with their gummies, whether THC-heavy or CBD-heavy. Great for stress and solid sleep. Find them at your favorite local dispensary. Appreciate the support. More info on drops in the episode notes as well. Stay up. Stay tuned.